Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting-edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. Why do so many businesses struggle while others seem to explode overnight? Do you wish you had the secret to this type of exponential growth? Now, I've scaled more than 20 businesses to over $100 million, and it's not just luck. In my new book with Mark Tim, Mentor to Millions, you'll learn the repeatable framework I use in all my business ventures for massive success. Order at KevinMentor.com and get over $1,000 in bonuses. Head to KevinMentor.com. Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast. This is Seth Green. Today, I'm here with Lars Helgeson. Now, Lars, back in 2000, co-founded one of the world's first email service providers, over the last 20 years, he's been at the forefront of cutting-edge internet marketing. In 2010, he launched Green Rope, a cloud-based platform that simplifies and consolidates a company's sales, marketing, and operations. We'll talk about some other amazing things he's done along the way. Lars, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, Seth. Our pleasure. So let's go back in time. How did you decide and how did co-founding Cooler Email, one of the first email service providers, come about? It was actually, so I, I was in the Air Force and part Thank of a bigger service. Team. Thank you. Um, and, you, you know, if anyone worked in a huge company or in government bureaucracy, you kind of know that it's hard to make an impact. Um, you know, you try, you can, hard, you, you can do it, but it's just you're part of a huge machine. And I felt like if I got off to do my own thing, if I could be an entrepreneur, then I'd be responsible for my own destiny. I could create something that did something that I thought was meaningful and, um, you know, and, and, and a, a lot of those large organizations are set up so that you're replaceable and you're maybe a, cog it's, in a wheel. Yeah, exactly. And, and maybe it's my own ego, you know, that, that felt like I wanted to be important, but I wanted to be important. I wanted to, I wanted to have control over my own destiny. So I tried a bunch of different ideas and, um, at the time I had a business partner and we started this cooler email project and it eventually morphed into green rope, but you know, there's a lot of lessons learned along the way. Well, let's talk about some of those. Why, I mean, back in 2000 is an eon ago in internet marketing yeah. terms. Why start an email service? What came up with, where'd you get the idea to even start an email service provider? And how did you think that, hey, we can just start an email service provider? Um, I, you know, I think um, this sounds weird, but it's not as weird as it would think, as, as it would seem. Um, I, the idea came to me in the shower. and <laughs> That's where the best ideas happen. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. I think it's because your brain really isn't doing anything else, you know, and, and things just kind of come in. And so I, I had this idea to to do this. And back, like you said, 2000 was an eon ago in, in the internet world time. But um, but we were one of the first. And, you know, along with some big names like MailChimp and Constant Contact, some of these bigger companies that are, have gone public since. Um, but we always kept it very small, kept it uh, privately held. And, um, you know, the idea at first, I had no idea if it was going to work. I, you know, I would, I would ask people to try it and I'd get some feedback and 
some people would say, oh yeah, it'd be better if we could do this or why, why would I ever pay for sending email? <laughs> you know? And so, you know, you kind of, you got to provide, you know, how do you provide some value and, and go through that whole exercise. And eventually we came up on something that, uh, that started to take off. And then as we started to kind of, you know, as the market changed, as people got more used to doing email, we wanted to move into something that was a little bit more, uh, I guess, like uh, cohesive, something that would, that would be more, that would, that would pull more different parts of a business together. And so while email marketing is a simple thing that you and I can very simply imagine the idea of building an email newsletter and blasting it out and seeing who opened it, um, when you look at how to take that information and make it usable in the context of the whole business, you need more than just email marketing. And that's what became GreenRope because we knew that we had to go from email, which is a very simple application, which in a lot of, in a lot of cases you can get email for free and it's, it's a little bit of a race to the bottom in terms of price and it's very old technology. Everyone's been doing email forever. Um, so how do we then make something that's a little bit more valuable, a little bit more useful? And that's what drove us to do green Road. Okay. So what was it, you've alluded to it a little bit. What was it that you were trying to take to the next level? So green rope, what, so cooler email, it was an email service provider. And how did you arrive at the determination of what you thought was missing? So it, it, from a lot of talking to customers uh, and talking to a lot of people in business, what we found was the big problem that businesses have is understanding the amount of information that they get. So if you, if you talk to anyone that owns a business, they have marketing departments, they've got sales departments, they've got customer service. And, you know, in really small businesses, that may be all the same person. But in, as businesses scale, you're going to have different people doing these different functions. And typically, they're all using different pieces of software. So if you're a business owner... How do you make this determinations on what to do strategically, what to spend your money on, who to hire, who to fire, what to do with your business if you've got data sitting in all these different little silos? And so what we realized, that, and, and email marketing is just one of those silos. You think about all the other things that marketing just by themselves, like you've got your, your website, you've got landing pages, you've got Google ads, you've got SEO, you've got um, video that you might do, you've got social media. So you have all these different things that are driving marketing related data. And then you have salespeople. Salespeople who are having phone conversations, they're going to trade shows, they're, they're sending, possibly sending text messages to other people. How do you track all of that information and bring that all together? And then, and then you think about your customer service people. They may have a customer service ticketing system. They may be on live chat. You have all these different software pieces and they're all generating data. And if you're a business owner, how do you get insight into all that data if all that data is sitting in a different piece of software? You're not going to log into 20 different systems. You're going to trust other people to log into those systems, but those people are just doing their jobs in that specific functional area. And so what we wanted to do is create a unified platform where all of that is in the same system. And so rather than saying, well, we're going to have a CRM and then we're going to have an email marketing system and then we're going to do Google analytics. And then we're going to do some sort of social media management. And we're going to do some video tracking and, and, buying all the software to pull all these pieces together. Maybe you have to go get a project management system or an event management system or a learning management system or a knowledge management system. All of those things then sit in the same platform with GreenRope. And that's our vision is to bring all of those components together. Email marketing is an important part of that, but it's not, especially as, as things evolve, as technology changes, different markets use email more and less, you know, more or less. And so you've got, especially younger generations don't really use email that much. 
much. They use their phones a lot more. So how do you reach out to those people? So anyway, what we've built is a single platform that does all of that in one. Okay. So obviously that's an incredible offering. Talk a little bit about how it integrates all of that. How do you get all of that data from all those disparate places um, into one understandable dashboard? Yeah. So, and, and that is the trick, right? I mean, cause like you're saying, there's a lot of data coming from all those different places. How do you bring it all together? So our, we make it easy because everything is the same software. We're not actually integrating different systems to pull it all together. It's the same software. And so when you're inside GreenRope, you're able to access that data as you need it. And then we have a dashboard that pulls in those relevant information pieces and shows them to you. And you can customize the whole thing. So it makes sense to you and, and different people, of course, are interested in different things. But ultimately, it's having all that data in the same place so that if you look up a single contact record, you can see a history of all of those things. You can see every email they've ever opened, every web page they've ever visited, every video they've ever watched, every form they've ever filled out, every time a salesperson's called them or sent or received a text message. So you, can, you have access to all that data. And then you also have the ability to leverage automation. So marketing automation, sales automation, service automation. These are all things that people talk about, but in reality are very difficult if you have all of them sitting in a different piece of software. In GreenRope, all of those things are in the same piece of software. So if you want to create and model a customer journey, set up all the automation that crosses across the boundaries of marketing, sales, or customer service, it's super easy to do because all the data, all the interface, all the people are all working inside that same, same exact system. Okay. So then that's one heck of an undertaking. How do you build something like that? How many coders and revisions and minimum viable products and iterations does that take? Uh, I'll tell you, it's a lot of work. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's interesting because we are a small team. We're 20 people and the software has been developed by about five people. And so I would say they are five extraordinarily talented um, and, and capable people. And me being one of them, not calling myself especially talented, they are the talented ones. I'm, I'm here to kind of help guide and help. And I do a little bit of coding myself. Um, but the idea is to, to keep our team small and agile so that as we can, as, as new technologies change, we don't have to go through massive change boards. We, we all are very familiar with the, with the code base and we can scale and change things. Um, very rapidly. And so that it's, it's, I, I believe it's a little bit of a misnomer that you think that if you have a massive army of developers that you can move so much faster. I mean, there obviously there is capability with more people, but if you have a few really, really good people in software, I would take that over hundreds of developers that are mired in, in bureaucracy and politics and things that, that can get in the way of actually accomplishing your mission. Got it. So a small Navy SEAL team of, of, of programmers to use a military and now paratroopers to get a better, more relevant analogy. All right. So you build a better mousetrap. What, I mean, you have, do you think you have competition? And if so, from who? Oh yeah. I mean, for sure. In, in the CRM space, there are massive competitors. Yes. I mean, you've got everybody from Marketo to Infusionsoft to everyone in between, Eloqua to everybody in between. Yeah, yeah. And, and the difference is that in that very crowded space, everyone focuses on their one little niche. And they may have very capable software. I mean, all those companies that you mentioned are mature companies that have good software. The challenge is 
in the implementation of all of them and bringing them all together. That's where it gets hard because then companies have to hire developers. They have to figure out whatever that company is. They then have to then say, well, we're not just a, an X company. We're also a software management company because we have to figure out how to set up our CRM, how to integrate those pieces together. And if they outsource that, it's, it's extremely expensive. And so what we do is simplify all that by bringing that all together. So the company can still do what they do instead of having to break off a whole arm of, and hire a whole bunch of new IT people. And we will typically save companies over 90% easily on the cost of implementation and the cost of ongoing use because everything's all integrated. And so when you're talking about the like raw dollar values for companies, we're talking tens of thousands, often hundreds of thousands of dollars and, and months and months of development that they don't have to spend if they go with GreenRope. So it, it, when, you're, when you're helping companies figure out how to do their sales, their marketing, customer service, and you bring them all together, it also creates a team-based environment. Typically in businesses, you've got sales teams and you have marketing teams. And this is sort of a common thing. I'm sure you've heard this before. Marketing blames sales for being sucky yeah. at closing deals. And sales blames marketing for giving them crappy leads. And so what we want to do is create a cohesive environment where the two work together. The automation is linked together. They talk to each other. The metrics, the, they're held, they hold each other accountable through specific data-driven metrics. And so if you can do that and not blame, have the blame game, you can see exactly what's happening. And that drives more of a teamwork environment. It helps people be more accountable, which helps them feel like they're contributing to the team rather than sitting off on their own, in their own little world and kind of working by themselves. So absolutely, that makes total sense. Now, how do you compete against companies like those, I mean, with billions of dollars of public capital or venture capital? Yeah, so we'll never outspend them, right? I mean, we, we keep our whole team small. Our marketing team is three people. Um, we focus on, and we don't, and I don't actually want to grow super fast. I don't, I don't want to bring on every single company under the sun uh, because I want to make sure that we offer really good customer service. If you look up GreenRope online and you look and see what people say, they'll, all, all the reviews will tell you that we care a lot about our customers. And so by not growing too fast, we're able to keep a good focus on onboarding our customers, making sure that we're there for them if they have questions. We've got tons of resources for them if they need that. But focusing on a really good customer experience. So we don't, I don't, I'm never going to outspend them. I'm never going to out-content them. I want to make sure that I provide really good service, really good content, and help the companies that are willing to come on board and work with us. And, and you'll see that, I mean, companies that come and work with our platform, they love it. Um, but like you said, I, you know, I don't have a million dollar budget to go on Google and drive tons of leads to us. I have, I have two salespeople, three, two and a half. Um, so, you know, and I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to pull in a thousand leads and have them work a thousand leads like some of those other companies can, but we have enough, we create enough awareness, we bring enough people in and we measure our pipeline very, very accurately, you know, figuring out all the closed deals, the amount of time in the funnel, the whole thing using our own software. I was going to say, you've got a software that can help you with that. Right, right, exactly. Along the way, you've also written a book, CRM for Dummies. Tell us a little bit about that. That was a lot of work. <laughs> Writing a book is a, is a lot of work. Um, it took me about a year and um, a lot of research looking into asking our customers tons of questions and really taking an evaluation of 
the industry, and then and then just writing down all the principles that we that we have built and learned from over the last 15, 20 years. And so, you know, because while technology has changed, a lot about leadership really hasn't. Um, you know, I'm sure you've heard this this expression where the inmates run the asylum, yeah. where you've got the you know where you've got the the lower level, and I don't mean lower level in a bad way. I mean like more junior people, more on the execution side of the business as opposed to the management side. Those people like to use what they like to use. They don't. They a lot of times people they'll use a piece of software, they'll lock onto it, and they'll say, "This is what I want." And the integration of that information in the rest of the business becomes an afterthought. And as leaders and managers, we do not want to let our inmates run the asylum because ultimately the responsibility for the data and the decision-making is above what they do. So what we want to do is help leaders and managers see this from a strategic perspective of what do we really want to accomplish with our business? What do our customer journeys actually look like? Who are we serving? How do we do it? And once we take that high-level view, then what software we use becomes more of an exercise in can this software do what we want as opposed to are we going to use the software that the junior person really likes to use because they don't want to learn anything else. And so part of the education process that we go through is strategic. It's also management and it's also leadership. And CRM, when you think of it, so we call it complete CRM, where you're taking all of these elements of the relationship because the R in CRM is relationships, right? So we want to take all the elements that build a relationship and look at them from a leader's perspective and a manager's perspective, and then have that drive the software that's being used. And ultimately, when you do that, you see that the value of integration is way more important than placating, say, someone who wants to use one particular piece of software. All right. How many users have you grown to now? Um, so we have about 1,100 individual accounts. Um, actual end users, I think, is somewhere on the 20,000 range. Um, but um, but we, we span, we're in 40 countries. We have a reseller channel, so we can private label our software. And so you can, if you had your own business, you can go and, and license our technology, and then we provide that, and then you can sell that to your channel like a value-added reseller. Um, and we've got customers of all sizes everywhere. We've got large government organizations all the way down to startups. So um, names that you recognize, you know, like the city of Phoenix, Florida International University, um, the Tournament of Roses. So um, all the way down to, you know, startups, people that are just, you know, mom and pops. So um, the nice thing is we scale really big and it's easy enough to use that really any business can use it. That is absolutely awesome. Congratulations on that success. With all of that, what's your biggest challenge now? Um, the biggest challenge now, I think, is is really just um, is starting to scale more globally. There's some things that have changed um, with some recent rulings in the EU and um, requiring us to be able to completely move our entire infrastructure to the EU and to different parts of the world because things like the privacy shield has, has changed uh, the landscape. So previously, because we were members of, of privacy shield, companies in the EU could work with us and they could be confident that their data was secure. Unfortunately, as a result of a recent ruling um, by a court in the EU, that privacy shield has been struck down. And so basically companies in the EU do not want to risk their data coming to the United States because they feel our intelligence services are taking their data and violating their privacy. Um, and so for that reason, we have to 
figure out ways. And so we're in the process now, and we have been for a while, but taking our entire infrastructure and then making sure that no data ever comes into the United States as a way to support those customers overseas. So that's, that's our biggest challenge at the moment. What do you like best about what you do? Uh, I love everything. I love running a business. I love the challenge. I love going up against companies like Salesforce and Microsoft and Oracle and winning. Um, big companies like HubSpot and Fusionsoft. I, I gave a talk about 10 years ago when I was first starting this concept. And it was in front of a couple hundred people here in San Diego. And there was a guy from Infusionsoft, from, the, from their C-level, whatever, executive board, who was in yep. the audience. And he walked up to me afterwards and he said, I just want you to know, and you know, and I, I was up there and I was kind of presenting this whole thing. And a lot of the people um, said, I don't think you can do it. It's a very difficult thing. And this guy from Infusionsoft walked up to me and he said, I just want you to know. And I was expecting him to say something positive, like you can do this. He said, you're headed for epic disaster. And, and I thought, well, that's really nice to hear. Right. I was going to say, uh, I've spoken on stage with Jeff Mask from Infusionsoft before. So, um, yeah. I don't think it was him. It no. was, I mean, this is a long time ago. Cause yeah, cause that, he's actually a nice guy. I don't know who this yes. guy was. Um, but he, but in a lot of ways that was fuel for me because sure. I felt like uh, here's a guy who thinks I can't do this. And, thinks and they did the same thing. They started in a garage. Like they were building software, custom applications. And then in our marketing world, somebody said, Hey, I got pain. I want this. There isn't anything that I can find. And they said, hey, we can build that. And that turned into the behemoth that is now Goldman Sachs funded Infusionsoft, otherwise known as Keep. Yeah, yep. So, and, and now it's funny because we get a lot of customers from them that are looking to, to do a lot more capability that want something that's a little bit easier to use. I was gonna say, they're leaving Confusionsoft for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, we get that a lot. Um, and not that we go out of our, I mean, I think people naturally are looking for something that's a little bit easier, especially with the new Keep system that they created. Yes. So, um, so which is, which is fine. You know, I'm happy to help, help anybody. Um, and I'm never happy about somebody else's demise, but, but, um, I think in a lot of ways that challenge is what fuels, it fuels me and probably fuels a lot of other entrepreneurs, you know, people that say that have heard people say that you can't do this or you won't yep. be able to do this or, or you won't do this. You don't have the courage or whatever. And, or you don't have the resources. And, um, in a lot of ways, I'd, it, maybe it's, again, my pride, my ego, but I felt like I could. And so that, in many ways, has fueled me. And so, you know, we've beaten out Salesforce, Microsoft, Oracle on deals. And, and um, it's nice to go up against companies that have tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of, of employees and win. And it's, it's really proof that you don't need a huge army of people to make something that's useful, that's helpful, that can help businesses. Absolutely. Well, congratulations on the success and the ever-growing user base and the book. For our folks who are listening and watching and want to learn more about all things Lars and Green Rope, where is the best place for us to send them? You can go to our website, greenrope.com, or follow us on LinkedIn, or we've got Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff, or connect with me on LinkedIn directly. Awesome. All right. This has been Seth Green with Lars of Green Rope. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Seth. Thanks, everybody, for watching or listening. We'll see you next time. Do you need money to fund your idea, product, or service? Are you ready to take your business to the next level but need capital to get it done? Kevin Harrington has heard more than 50,000 pitches and knows how to help you make the perfect pitch to get the funding for your entrepreneurial dream. He's distilled the process down in his perfect pitch cheat sheet, and it's yours for free. Just text PITCH 
to him right now at 727-888-2100. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free perfect pitch sheet. sheet. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 to start funding your dream today. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.